2: Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and nom Fan, also of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. You're going to use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And the certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Now, And today's trivia theme, again, is random trivia. Uh Now, Today's show is going to be interesting because we're going to be talking about marketplace lending,
3: and I want to find out why the audience should know about this, Mark. So marketplace lending is a relatively new term, and if you're reading you know, the business section or any of the business periodicals that come out, you're seeing a lot of references to this thing called marketplace lending. And what exactly is it, and why should you, the consumer and the investor, care? Well, you really should care because it is a... A fast growing segment of borrowing and marketplace lending. Essentially, it, it, it's previously been called peer to peer lending, and prior to that, it was called private lending, and prior to that, it was called hard money. So, really, when you hear uh, someone talk about marketplace lending uh, today, What's happened with the advent of technology and improvements uh, on the Internet uh, and financial service companies that have sprung up in the last several years. And most recently, thanks to the crowdfunding legislation that was passed in 2013, that created an explosion of companies that are online online making loans to individuals using private capital, and so that's now being referred to in the industry as marketplace lending. But if you hear the term peer-to-peer lending or private lending, it's essentially the same thing. Now, we've talked on this show for years about... Private money real estate loans. That's something we specialize in at Pacific Private Money. But we've uh, lately been using the term marketplace lending to describe Pacific Private Money in a more um, uh, in a more modern fashion to to kind of compare and contrast ourselves with some of the marketplace lenders out there that are making consumer loans or um, auto leases or business loans. We're in the real estate loan business, and there are real estate loan lenders. Uh, marketplace lenders. So we refer to ourselves at Pacific Private Money as regional marketplace real estate lenders, because all we make are real estate loans. Now, why as an individual, as an investor out there, should you uh, be aware of the marketplace lending industry and what's happening there? And the reason is because Marketplace lending has now opened up the opportunity for individuals to participate in high yield investments that previously were really only available to those who were the ultra high net worth, who were uh, those people who were in networks that uh, allowed them to see and be exposed to investment opportunities oftentimes private placement type opportunities where they can get high yield, sometimes as much as double digits, but certainly in the high sevens, eights and nines are not uh, unusual. And so now through this uh, new marketplace lending platform, including platforms that we have at Pacific Private Money, uh, anyone who is uh, who, who make, meets the term of uh, and the qualification of being an accredited investor, and in the Bay Area, that's a fairly easy threshold to to reach. you're talking about a, a million dollar net worth minimum. Uh, if you qualify as uh, under that accredited investor definition, you now uh, can go online and look at various investment opportunities from these marketplace, lending platforms. Now, um, you can certainly go to Pacific Private Money and learn more about them. I'm not going to name off uh, the competitors, so you can find those yourself. (laughs) Uh, Later on the show, we're going to tell you why you need to be concerned and differentiate the between different types of marketplace lenders, because they're not all created equal. And even the ones that are making real estate loans aren't necessarily offering you the same type of investment collateral and protection when you invest on their platform. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, uh, Marketplace lending is—it's uh, exciting, it's growing, uh, and it's really uh, one of the other reasons it's growing. It's in response to uh, the Dodd-Frank uh, banking regulations that have made it more difficult for banks to uh, to make loans. And so whenever there's a void uh, in the uh, source of capital, you know demand certainly hasn't stopped. People need money. Businesses need money. Uh, buyers of homes need money. Individual consumers uh, need to borrow money from time to time. If the banks uh, aren't, aren't making them the same way they used to, say, 10 years ago, where do you go from there? And so that, that uh, crowdfunding act that was passed in 2013, making it easier to raise capital, now they're looking to lend out that capital through their platforms and more and more uh, individuals, businesses, consumers, real estate investors are going online uh, as opposed to the bank uh, because you, now you've got things where you can get the loan faster than you can from a bank uh, or maybe you've got certain situations in your um, uh, credit history or your job history or others that make you less attractive to banks and that's really one of the areas where marketplace lending is, is really thriving and certainly at Pacific Private Money, if you've listened to our show before, you'll, you'll recall that The reason we're in business today is because we specialize in fast, reliable capital for those looking to close a real estate transaction or to borrow equity from their home. The thing that banks can't compete with us on is our speed. We're very, very fast and very holistic in the way we we look at that. And so we'll continue to talk more about uh, marketplace lending as the show progresses. All right. We're going to cut to our first commercial break. And here is the
2: trivia question. Which president accepted the Statue of Liberty on behalf of the American people? Hmm. All right. I'll tell you a hint. It was not... Uh, it was not Taft. <laughs> <laughs> A smart That's my favorite. always my answer. <laughs> it, was it wasn't taft. George Washington, and it wasn't Bill Clinton. Okay, those are the two hints you get. And you got, you, got, you got about forty-five more presidents to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, call 888-912-1190, and the uh, first caller with the correct answer is going to win the free tan Bella tanning certificate, which is good for uh, five uh, tanning things okay uh which again th- here's a question which president accepted the Statue of liberty on behalf of the american people don't touch that dial the best of investing is going to be right back
1: for more information on this program call 888-912-1190 that's 888-912-1190 or visit best dot now back to the best of investing with your host edward brown
2: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fan of Pacific Private Money. Here was our uh, first trivia question. Which president accepted the Statue of Liberty on behalf of the American people?
4: Uh, So bad with his Teddy
2: Roosevelt? No, Grover Cleveland. But I I can't remember if it was his first or second presidency. (laughs) (laughs) Grover Cleveland. He was the
3: big guy, wasn't he?
2: Um, yeah, he was kind of big. Not as big <laughs> as Taft, but he was big. <laughs> was Taft really big? He was like oh, 300 and something pounds. Yeah, oh, wow. He, he okay. wow. He, he goes out in history as the fattest president. <laughs> okay. And uh, we've been talking about marketplace lending. And, nom, we're going to turn it over to you. And, and actually, I'm going to ask you this quick question. Uh, do you think competition, because now you're going to have a lot more uh, lenders out there theoretically with this marketplace lending, shouldn't that bring the interest rates down?
4: Yes and no. I would say, uh, you know, the more competition obviously entering the space, it, it should. You know, you you have more capital chasing fewer deals. There's a, you know, finite number of loans out there. Um, so over time, you'll see some erosion of of pricing uh, to the benefit of the consumer. So great for the consumer. Um, but it also depends on the kind of loans or loan product or borrower. Um, so kind of going back to something uh, Mark mentioned earlier, you've got uh, a lot of marketplace lenders or also alternative finances, another term you'll hear, it's interchangeable, um, who are national in scope. So they're, um, they're providing loans across the country. Um, in those scenarios, it's very hard to underwrite it at a distance. So the easier the type of loan product it is, the more vanilla, then the more competition will be chasing those, especially amongst uh, these national... Lenders, for regional companies like ourselves who specialize in a, in a market, oftentimes we're doing deals that the national lenders can't do, just because it takes a lot more due diligence, a lot more uh, an understanding of the marketplace.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you know, a property in Kansas City uh, is not the same as a property in San Francisco.
4: Absolutely, and you know, and that's why we won't uh, lend really out of state. You know, yeah. it's, uh, we know our market. Uh, And because of that, um, we're one of the few who can really underwrite and decision very quickly. That's one of the things we're known for.
2: Well, that's also why some of those companies that are out of state, they can't understand how the market value is here is so high, and and so they think it's ridiculous.
4: Yeah, and a lot of times they just won't touch those types of loans and they'll send them to us. Um, And with that expertise does come a little bit of a premium, but uh, we decision very quickly.
3: And another point on that is a lot of these... um, new alternative finance companies and marketplace lenders that have sprung up in the last few years. A lot of them are based here in the Bay Area. In fact, many of them are based in San Francisco. And from an investor standpoint, let's say I'm going to invest with a company that's an alternative real estate lender. Uh, They happen to be based in San Francisco. They're well-known. They've got a shiny uh, website, you go on there and you look at investment opportunities, and a lot of those are in other states and so I always wonder it 's like okay well, what kind of expertise does a california based uh, tech lending company have uh, on properties in you know Atlanta, Georgia or in Texas or in you know uh, other states uh, throughout uh, america and you know that 's one of the things that i just it 's a head scratcher for me uh, you know as the founder of Pacific private money and you know over the past ten years is you know we really have always avoided areas within just within California that we just don't understand that we just don't get and we don't lend out of state and so you just want to be wary when you're investing uh, on a nationwide platform uh, uh, on these real estate deals because I get a lot of these emails this these promotions from these companies and I scroll down and I look at some of the offerings and they say oh you know there's a piece of this loan available and I just I just wonder you know I, I would be nervous about yeah. that so I, I think the the, the regional uh, aspect of what we do uh, I believe adds you know a little another layer of let's just say safety and security features because we we kind of know and understand the market and we're not the only ones so you know not, not to say that you know Pacific Private Money we're the only regional marketplace lender there. there are actually really good uh, um, companies within California and elsewhere and I know many of the uh, well you, you work with them a we lot work to, with lot them right. you refer deals to yeah. them. They refer yeah. yes, them yes we, we do loans that they don't do we do a lot of consumer yeah. lending which a lot of other marketplace uh, regional marketplace lenders do not do they just love the fix and flip stuff sometimes it depends on also who's got the money at the time yeah right it's also interesting <laughs> in california how l- how much lower the interest rates are on loans uh on california properties versus other properties and that's one of the reasons why some of the california-based uh lenders want to go out of state because they can earn a higher return both for their you know for their uh investor clients and for themselves whereas california uh, there's just there's more lenders uh, and it's one of the more sought after states to invest in. There's a lot of confidence in the real estate market in California. the The job uh, rate is uh, or the um, unemployment rate is so low. And of course, if you're a real estate investor, you know that um, jobs and unemployment rates and job strength is a factor of real estate price strength and real estate price mm-hmm. appreciation. So, so anyway, that's we've got lower interest rates in California, and that's something that we battle at Pacific Private Money is that we see competitors driving rates down. But I th- I have a feeling we've kind of seen... We're, we're,
4: we're close hitting, to the bottom. Close to the yeah, bottom. And the right. reason
3: for that is because is investors... Uh, below a certain return aren't going to be interested in, you know, taking the added risk of investing with these alternative uh, investment opportunities, then they're then then they're probably going to say, well, if I'm only getting five percent, maybe I should just stick with uh, you know the stock market or, or you or know bond market, bond or, market yeah. or munis. Well, you
2: know, one other thing that, that really isn't brought up in, in investing, you know, far out of state like you know Indiana and all that where you know I get the same kind of emails. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's like, wow, you can earn, you know, a good rate of return on this stuff, but yeah. 12 12% for for loans in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. or or you can can buy this property and rent it out. But but, but, uh, people don't really kind of go to the next step, which is when something goes wrong, not if, but when something goes wrong, Mm -hmm. now what am I going to do? Am I going to fly... To, you know to Indiana and try to figure out what to do or, or just start dialing for dollars and hey are you a good realtor can I trust you to to handle this for me you know for this foreclosure and you know you got to know all the rules and all that. and it's just if you got something in your backyard then you can easily handle it well yep. that
3: brings up another point too it's it's when you invest on these online um, marketplaces and you're approving or, or you're investing in a particular loan, you actually might not be uh, investing in, you're not going to necessarily be named on that loan. And so there's this, there's this, uh, um, phenomenon uh known as platform notes that a lot of these companies are issuing and so what that means is is that you might be greenlighting your investment to go into this property, let's say in Texas, uh and you get five thousand you invest five thousand dollars of a one hundred thousand dollar note. Well if that thing goes into default, you don't necessarily have the right as an individual to you don't have the same foreclosure rights. And so you really need to kind of understand what it means uh will the company guarantee your investment or uh, who's in charge? Basically, who's uh, who's going to foreclose on that property? And what does that mean to and you? And I
2: guarantee, there's going to be some companies out there that are going to be fraudulent. Hmm. I guarantee it. I, I don't know which ones, and it's going to happen. You know, where oh, you're part of this note. Well, you turn turns out you're not part of the note. So for some reason, It's right. hmm. mean, The platform
3: it, note issue is is uh, is new and untested. To, exactly.
2: Waters. And when that happens, all the little guys come out and and uh, you know the, the fraudulent stuff. I hate hmm. that stuff.
3: Okay. <laughs> That's why I like dealing with
2: Pacific private money, because I can look you right in the face. All right. Here's our second (laughs) trivia question. What Southern politician was shot and paralyzed by Arthur Bremer on May 15th, 1972? All right. That's our question. What Southern politician was shot and paralyzed by Arthur Bremer on May 15th, 1972. Call 888-912-1190 and you'll win a prize if you're the first caller with the correct answer. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
1: For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown.
2: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hanf and Nam Fon. It's Nom Fon, isn't it? It is. Okay, I've been calling you Nom fan. I know, and I haven't said anything I know, for... and Mark had to remind me one time. It's like, however you say Nom, you also say Phan. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got to remember that. I'm sorry. I, it well, just I'm came not... to you. It did. <laughs> That's actually. so funny. Okay, here's our trivia question. What Southern politician was shot and paralyzed by... Arthur Bremer on, uh, in May of 1972. And speaking of non-fun, he was too young yeah. to remember that it was
4: George Wallace. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Yeah, okay. That, was, that name so, rings a bell. Uh,
3: <laughs> well, he was not elected president, although he tried. He tried. That's right. Okay. So uh,
2: we were talking about marketplace lending. We're going to shoot right on over to uh, email time. So, Mark, question comes in. Uh, why should investors invest in the Pacific
3: Private Money Fund uh, versus something like a REIT? Okay. So the Pacific Private Money Fund is a debt fund. Uh, It could be described similarly to like a mutual fund of real estate secured notes. Now, it's not a mutual fund. It is a private placement. Uh, We have a private placement memorandum. It's uh, what's known in the industry as a 506 Reg D mortgage pool fund. And uh, all of that... uh, uh, Funky naming notwithstanding, it's it's essentially a, a debt fund, and the the fund is up to thirty million right now, and we've got about uh, uh, eighty six loans in the fund totaling thirty million. And, and when you say a debt fund, you're basically you're investing real estate in debt, debt fund. Mortgages. right? Okay. So the only thing that that fund exists to do is to be a lender okay. to supply the money for real estate loans that we originate. Uh, yeah. at the brokerage uh, of Pacific so, Private so you're like, Money. So like you like a bank. Right, so it's like, like, a like a bank. bank. So there's okay. Pacific Private Money, which is a, uh, a corporation. It's a brokerage licensed in California to originate loans. And the fund is a separate entity. It's an LLC. It's Pacific Private Money Fund, LLC. And the members of that fund are the people who contribute their capital. So it's owned by the the investors, the people who put their money in. And we've got average investments as low as 50000 all the way up to several people who are uh, over a million, actually, about a half a dozen investors in there that are between one and two million in investment, comprising that 30 million. So let's com- compare and contrast that to a REIT. So REITs are interesting in that, like stocks, they're publicly traded. Um, And like stocks, the price goes up and the price can go down. The price can go below your investment price. Uh, That's something that um, is possible but not likely uh, in the Pacific Private Money Fund because we uh, make loans at no higher than seventy percent loan to value, and the weighted average loan to value in the fund is less than sixty percent so unless we had a very horrific downturn once again in real estate it 's not likely that your invested dollar, your principal is at risk. Uh, it would really mean you know whether we 're able to sustain the seven and three quarters to eight uh, percent um, uh, return that we're that we're creating right now through the fund. Now in a REIT, so you, we just, we, you know it's like a stock. It, it it's publicly traded. The Pacific Private Money Fund is not publicly traded. So we have a one-year uh, minimum investment period. Uh, it, you can't treat it like a money market account until after you've been in a year. After after a year, in theory, you could. You could put money in. You could take money out. And people do. We redeem uh, monies uh, every month. But it's not designed to be a liquid fund. If all the money is lent out in the fund and you need your money money out tomorrow, we may not be able to accommodate you. So, so you need to you need to understand the liquidity issues uh, of investing in a fund. But uh, some funds, including ours, uh, are designed to be liquid because we make short term loans and we're always getting new invested capital. So we have not had an issue redeeming anyone's monies yet, uh, even in an emergency.
2: Well yeah, when a, um, a loan pays off uh, you first see if there's anybody who wants to get out right. before you redeploy the money in a new loan. That's exactly right. right. So you That's don't have to you don't have to, uh, just wait for new money to come in because right. that may or may not
3: come in, right? And so let's get back to a reit yep. again. So reits are designed to uh, distribute somewhere between ninety and ninety-five percent of their profit uh, to the reit shareholders. The challenge with that is, is how is that profit defined? So um, every reit is different on how they define, you know, what is profit, and so those um, those distributions can and do. Vary quite a bit, and I know Edward. You're you're, you're fairly familiar with yeah. reits. You've uh, uh, you uh, once were in charge of uh, of a group that had to go in, I guess, and and audit and wind down uh, a reit. Well, back well in the what early happened 90s. was uh,
2: there was a five hundred million dollar reit that used too much leverage, mm. and uh, when they went bankrupt, there were twenty nine thousand shareholders, oh my and I got appointed by the Department of Justice to be the chairman of the equity committee. And so not of the company, but you know they had, everyone was in their little camps, and I was supposed to protect the twenty. Nine thousand shareholders, and I'll tell you, they raped and pillaged this thing. Wow! Even so in bankruptcy, are most wow. do most REITs use
3: debt, or is it different?
2: Uh, there. Well, this one, um, this one didn't have debt for a while, and then they started to leverage okay. it. Uh, but most of them usually do use some debt. Okay. Uh, but again. You know, uh, the, the the main question, like you brought up, is how do you define profit? Well, what if the guy running the REIT decides, you know, we need all new furniture, or we need this, or we need that, and, so, and it hits the bottom line, and you're left with, you know, $500 left <laughs> of profit. Oh, sure, we'll distribute 95%, but 95% of 500 bucks.
3: So if someone yeah. tells you you should invest in a REIT uh, because it has more, um, you know, stock-like uh, traits... Uh, and is more liquid than say a private placement you know one of the things you 're going to want to investigate is is you know is that not all reach the same uh, some use leverage and some don 't You want to look at their historical track record for distributions i mean there 's a lot of well, variables it 's almost the, as variable as picking stocks themselves well that 's
2: true and also it really comes down to the expenses because i mean how many times have mm-hmm. You know, you've seen situations where someone says, uh, yeah, let's get into a, a deal, a partnership or something, and, uh, y- you know, they want you to be like a JV partner, and they they say, and, and what we'll do is we'll split the profits some percentage, right? And the way I look at it is, no, I don't want to be your partner, because y- if you determine what the profits are, I mean, I don't know what kind of expenses you're going to throw in. I'd yeah. rather just say, no, I'm going to be a lender, and I'll have an exit fee, or some, you know, percentage of sale
3: price. You know, mm-hmm. of the sale of the building. Right, right. So don't hear what I'm not saying. And we're not anti-REIT, just like we're not anti-stock. It's just that you, you, when someone says to you, for example, we had this situation come to our company recently where an investor said, hey, I went to this event and I talked to the person who was talking at this financial seminar about uh, – um, you still hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. Okay, good. Um, and uh, asked about mortgage pool funds, and the person who was the sponsor of that event said uh, that they were not in favor of mortgage pool funds. That you can should, you should consider REITs instead. And so again, there's uh, there's different. Um, everyone has a different opinion in in investing and uh, some believe you should have all your money in stocks and bonds and nothing in alternative investments because alternative investments uh, historically uh, you know they're not regulated the same way and they're not liquid the same way as stocks and bonds are however if you're nervous about uh, the stock market maybe you think it's a little on the high side right now and you wonder going forward uh, maybe you want to take some of your profits and and uh, redistribute that a little bit um, you know or if you're also you know nervous about REITs because of it has Stock market-like uh, behaviors, um, you know. Take a look at alternative investments. Uh, at Pacific Private Money Fund, we just passed our four-year anniversary. We have distributed at an uh, at a seven and a half to eight percent annualized rate, month in and month out, without fail for those four years. And yes, uh, we're you know looking ahead and going, well, what about when the next cycle hits? Well, we've designed the fund uh, to make short-term loans and short-term lent- short-term real estate loans. By their nature, are generally uh, I, w- I won't say immune, but they're certainly less exposed to changes in the real estate uh, uh, the real estate cycle. So we're we're very bullish about uh, uh, our program, and and please get a hold of us for more information. At PacificPrivateMoney.com. Go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Or 415-883-2150. I can just keep feeding
2: you the answers (laughs) Here's our uh, next trivia question. Who was the father of Cleopatra's twins? Who was the father of Cleopatra's twins?
1: 888-912-1190. Give us a call. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888 912 1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown.
2: Well, welcome back to the best of investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money.
4: Here is our uh, next trivia question Who was the father of Cleopatra's twins? Let me guess if it was Cleopatra, so it was Mr. Patra. Is that right? (laughs) Is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're not taking me very seriously here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, that's funny, though. I like that. So I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. His All first right. name was well, Mark. Well, yes. <laughs> and what was last name? Anthony. Mark Anthony.
3: Anthony, not Anthony.
4: Anthony. Anthony, yeah, that's right. Mark Anthony. Mr.
2: Patrick, I like that. Yeah, Cleo was the first name. Patrick was the last name. Very good. Ant- I like that. Okay, so now we have an email question that came in that you can answer. Uh, it says, if, if I invest in the Pacific Private Money Fund, can I see where my ma- money is going? So like, what's the transparency of the fund?
4: Yeah, good question. So something that Mark uh, mentioned earlier is um, the, the answer is yes. Investors can log into our investor portal, which is right on our website, and see every month the list of the most current um, loans in the fund. So the properties, the market values, the amount, uh, the LTV. And you can actually pull preliminary title reports and see that you
2: really that it's not like you just say that you have these investments absolutely and there's
3: online tools you can go to it's you know everything from Zillow to Redfin and other places you can you can uh, you don't even have to actually you know go to a title company and pull a report now there's online tools you can use to actually see valuations and yep. potentially see market sales and uh, and debt
2: oh yeah, and you can see who's recorded on the uh
4: on, on, from from some web from, portals, from yeah. some real estate oh, web oh, okay. portals yeah oh, very cool. Correct. Okay. and just to add to that too uh, something that Mark was talking about earlier you know the the industry has become much more transparent which is great for the consumer mm-hmm. uh, marketplace lenders in general are really elevating the transparency so it's becoming yeah. a much more um, I guess grown up. Industry than what it was ten or fifteen years and ago. It
2: may not be considered an alternative investment any You know, it pretty soon, right? I mean, right. it's you know,
4: it's,
3: it's certainly not fair to compare it to mortgage pool funds and alternative investments from ten or fifteen years ago. And that's what I—that's what upsets me when someone says, "Well, I knew someone who lost a lot of money in a mortgage pool fund, or I lost money in a mortgage pool fund." It's like the business model isn't even cl- closely resemble what it did fifteen years ago well, before well, Dodd Frank and before the demand for. Alternative finances Completely changed Well and mm-hmm. there was a
2: time And if I'm not mistaken I think it was in the 70s Where people from the 60s Lost a ton of money In REITs And mm-hmm. so REITs Were completely
3: out of favor Right It so was like it, I'll never so is that a in reason REITs Not to like, invest in a REIT today Because in the 60s It was a terrible investment Yeah
2: You know what Guess what The stock market crashed In July of 1987 also mm. But does that mean you should never buy another stock again? No, yeah, probably not.
4: Right, mm-hmm. right. There's so much more information available to investors to make a, a sound decision, to do their due diligence. So going back to you know, our scenario, we provide the list of properties every month, and it's updated every month as loans pay off and as we add new ones to our fund.
2: Okay. And again, uh, just before we go into the deal of the week, um, how do people get a hold of you guys?
4: They can reach us at www.pacificprivatemoney.com, or they can call us at 415-883-2150.
2: Okay. So, Mark, uh, give us a deal of the
3: week. Explain to the audience like what you guys do for a living.
4: So, we're working on a deal this week,
3: and um, just backing up a bit, you know, talking more about you know, why we're different, why marketplace lenders, why alternative finance companies are different today uh, than they were 15 years ago, why a mortgage pool fund today is not likely similar to the ones that got in trouble uh, 10, 15 years ago when the, when the market changed. It's the nature of the type of loans that we're doing today versus what were being done in most mortgage pool funds 10, 15 years ago. 10, 15 years ago, banks were pretty much lending to everybody. That's how we got into trouble in 2008, that you could essentially get a loan simply by having a decent credit score. And your mortgage broker at the time would probably fill out the paperwork for you, put in a whole bunch of numbers that didn't make any sense, and you'd sign it and you'd get a loan. That doesn't happen anymore today. And so uh, going back you know, 15 years ago, as a result of the fact that most borrowers could get Bank financing uh, the type of loans that uh, alternative finance and mortgage pool funds were making were riskier type of loans. They were making land development loans and other t- and you know uh, junior liens to people in financial distress and so the quality of the loans in a typical portfolio were much, much different than they are today. They were riskier in nature. Fast forward, we're in 2017. What types of loans are in the Pacific Private Money Fund portfolio? They're mostly to people with credit scores above 700. They're mostly short-term loans to people who can qualify for bank financing, they just need more time. They're mostly to people who are buying, remodeling, and flipping properties, and they're not high LTV situations. We're not making risky land development loans and we're not generally making seconds to people in financial distress because quite frankly we're not allowed to do so anymore under the Dodd-Frank predatory lending guidelines. So with that being said, let's talk about a typical uh, loan situation that we're working on this week. We're working on a, uh, a, 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 the client is going through a divorce, it's a woman going through a divorce, she wants to buy um, her next home. And so, She's got two strikes against her as far as the banks are concerned. One is she's going through a divorce, and that's uncertainty, and banks don't like that. They, uh, her bank told her that she needs to finalize a divorce before she'll qualify for a loan from them. The second thing is, is the job she's been at currently. She's been there for 11 months. That's just shy of what typical bank regulations require, a 12-month minimum uh, job seasoning. Uh, A third strike, which she doesn't have, would be she's got to close next week. Well, (laughs) in this situation, and that's typical for us, too, we get a lot of deals where maybe everything else is perfect. You know, they've been at their job for a while. They've got—they're not self so They've got, uh, you know, good W two income. They're not going through a divorce. They don't have any hiccups on their credit. In fact, we do a lot of loans to people with eight hundred, over eight hundred FICOS. And people go, well, why don't they just go to the banks? They get all like, you know, <laughs> defend. You know, it's—it's it's funny how people uh, react that way to it's They can't go to the bank if they have to close in a week or two. Banks aren't designed to provide fast funding purchase money loans. They're just not anymore. The average conventional loan takes forty-five days to close. Now that's not true in every situation. We have some co hosts here like uh, Rob Spinoza of RPM Mortgage. They've got a program that can close in twenty one days. But everything has to be perfect as for you as the borrower for that to happen. And we we help a lot of clients who Um, are trying to compete with cash buyers in the Bay Area, which still comprise 25% of purchases. 25% of real estate purchases of single-family residences in the Bay Area are still done in cash. And so those cash buyers have an advantage over you if you're using financing to compete on a purchase. So what some frustrated buyers have done have come, they've come to Pacific Private Money with their excellent credit, cash in the bank, everything uh, is perfect for a conventional loan, but they want to be able to make an aggressive purchase offer and close uh, a typical would be close in 11 to 14 days with a uh, no-contingent or low-contingent uh, purchase offer. And so that's another way where we can help. So we're now in the business as an alternative finance real estate lender of helping people compete in, uh, in a very uh, tough, um, aggressive marketplace. And we're here to help people who have something in their story that causes their bank or mortgage broker to say, you know what, um, we can't help you until you fix that one thing. Well, if they're ready to react today, they want to buy the home. Now that's where we come into play.
2: Very good. Uh, Bunch do you guys, again, one more time, give out your
3: information. So PacificPrivateMoney.com, PacificPrivateMoney.com. If you haven't been there in a while, go again. We're always adding content. Uh, we're working in our little studio at our uh, office in downtown Nevada recording new vignettes and, and updates, and we're talking on the drive down here to the studio today to, about some more stuff that we're going to work on and record. So uh, we're adding more and more information, and if you're a fund member, be sure to go, uh, uh, go to the Investor Portal and uh, take a gander at the uh, balance sheet, profit and loss statement, and the current loan portfolio of the Pacific Profit Money Fund. Very good. Don't touch
2: that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back with some closing comments.
1: For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown.
2: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Phan. And, uh, Mark, you know, one of the um, things that you hear about also uh, today is impact investing,
3: that's right. Yeah, the term impact investing is thrown around a lot. I hear it at some of the events we go to where investors are being shown investment opportunities. And so uh, I've been asked, so, so what kind of impact does uh, the Pacific Private Money Fund make in uh, the local communities? And it's a great question because we've been actually uh, kind of beating our chests, so to speak, for, for years about how – Um, companies like ours, companies like Pacific Private Money, who provide uh, alternative financing for people who can't get it from banks, the, the good work that we've been doing in communities. And there's really two types of good works that we're doing. Number one is, it was really private capital that was the catalyst for the recovery in the real estate market as we've seen it over the last five years. And what I mean by that is all of the contractors, remodelers, construction people, real estate investors that were buying up foreclosed properties, distressed properties, many of them in in sorely in need of remodeling, buying them, remodeling them, making them turnkey for families. And what that did is it took neighborhoods that were highly distressed in in areas all over the Bay Area and it it transformed homes, streets, neighborhoods and local communities that was done with private capital that's not being done by the by the uh, by the banks or the conventional lenders they were on the sidelines in 2009 2010 2011 2012 for the most part they're still on the sidelines today in 2017 it's private capital that transformed communities and was the catalyst for the real estate recovery that's number 1 and number 2 would be what we were just talking about we help people who positively need to close next week, close on real estate transactions. We give them a plan B when plan A, banks and conventional financing, is not an option. We help families get into the homes they want and need. Oftentimes, they have a a non-refundable deposit at risk. They're going to lose tens of thousands of dollars if they can't close next week, and their bank has said, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate your situation. So you're more,
2: you're not like the evil banker. You're like the good banker. So if like if I'm watching, <laughs> it's a wonderful life. You're good more banker. like George Bailey rather than Oh, Mister Potter. <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: Well, it, it's it's true. It's um, the predatory lending practices that many people associate hard money with, and I hate that term. We do not use that in our business anymore. In fact, uh, I think we should have a swear jar at. Uh, yeah. at <laughs> Anybody says hard money, they got to put a dollar into the into the swear jar. Are, but we are not the i mean those those companies are are for the most part out of business they went out of business uh, uh, shortly after 2008 2009 when everything went to heck in a handbasket and so thanks to dodd frank you know we are now much more regulated we're not as regulated as the banks and that's actually a good thing for consumers so we're 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 regulated we have a higher quality deal flow we help communities we are positively impacting local economies here and so if you invest with a company like pacific private money you can actually feel good that you are helping communities and you're not investing as one of your dumb friends might say. Oh, those guys are predatory lendings. You're investing with loan sharks. Well, that may have been true had you invested with a company twenty years ago, and we didn't exist twenty years ago. Uh, we've uh, we were founded in two thousand and eight to supply capital to those in need. And so, for more information about Pacific Private Money, like we said earlier, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com dot com or give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your situation. Whether you're a potential borrower or a potential investor, please give us a call. We're great to talk to. 415-883-2150. Very good. I want to thank Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific
2: Private Money for joining me here in the studio yet again. All right. Thoughts for the day. Newt Rockney said, one man practicing sportsmanship is far better than 50 preaching it. I like that. And Eris Parsigan, the other coach, right, said a good coach will make his players see what they can be rather than what they are. I like that, too. Nice. All right. Well, tune in next week to The Best of Investing because we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So
1: long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220
0: KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information, is obtained from sources which we